Ladies and gentlemen, listeners, welcome to This is the Pits Pod, episode 38. Yes, this queen. week we're covering Killing Them Softly, and we have a very, very special guest. Yeah, um, today we have a special guest. Uh, you may know him from Parks and Rec, Big Little Lies, uh, Torque, Step Brothers, his own podcasts. Um, uh, let's see, what are the, you have like four podcasts now. You have the REM REM, are you talking to me, or are you? Are you are, serious? Guess, do you, are you? You have me on your <laughs> podcast, and you have not Googled. Shit, we've already failed. The name of my <laughs> podcast. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Wow. <laughs> it's our guest today is Adam Scott, everybody, and we're so excited to have you here. Hi guys, I'm so excited many- to be here. Can you please tell me the name of your your REM podcast? Absolutely it's very confusing. Not. Absolutely not. <laughs> it's, it's it's hard to say. Okay, I no, use it, Google. It, it. It's purpose. It it is uh, nonsensical. The it originally was called uh, "You Talking You Too to Me," uh, right? Because yes. of the you know taxi driver thing, and then when we shifted to REM. We changed the name of the podcast to Are You Talking R-E-M Re-Me. So are the are the YouTube <laughs> episodes still under the same podcast, Are You yes. Talking R-E-M? Yeah, it's okay. all under one feed. So it's one podcast, different subject matter. Yes, the subject yes. matter changed. But then we went back, we changed it back to YouTube for one episode dozens of people <laughs> listen to it so i'm thinking <laughs> yeah same here i mean if we were to switch to let's say leonardo dicaprio we'd still be this is the there pits but we'd be like dicaprio pod yeah I think, and, i think and Chelsea's you just don't want people you just don't want your listeners to have to jo- to subscribe to a new podcast that's basically it right right exactly exactly yeah. right um and today we're here to talk about an excellent movie from 2012. A phenomenal, flawless movie. Here's the question. Is it an excellent movie from 2012? <laughs> Let's just get a general <laughs> feel for how we feel about it. Michael, I texted him. Normally we don't talk about how we feel about the movies beforehand, but um, I really did not like this movie. <laughs> right. So let's just get a general feeling. Sure. My general feeling is middle of the Wait, road. Can, Sorry, what? Can we first talk about how Michael and I know each other? Are we not going to talk about that? Let's talk yeah, about sure. it. We, you guys look how do we know each other, Michael? I'll well, that much. it was like a cruise. We were on a cruise um, to the Caribbean. No, That's we're right. related. <laughs> That's right. We are related by blood. You are my mother's brother. My uncle. Is can that right? Can I take a snapshot? Yeah, of our I'm Skype your uncle. Right now so that I can sh- prove to our followers, our dedicated following, how much you guys look similar. It's crazy, actually. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, you're definitely related looking at you. Be- because I, I, I know that every time I see Michael, I totally see my sister. Mm. Really? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Same with, and then my son and Michael have a lot of similarities too. They look uh, similar. Yeah. Oh, wild. Um, so it's all very, very interesting. But you know what? That's that's called uh, being related, I guess. That's genetics, isn't it's it? It's been known to yeah. happen to have similarities. Wait, is this a genetics podcast? <laughs> we're, we're actually changing it, the name, to be a genetics podcast. Oh, great. DNA. Same brotherhood. feed, though. Welcome to the DNA brotherhood. 
<laughs> Very, that's Michael. a great name for a podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Here all night. Um, okay, so Adam, okay, how did back you to feel the movie. About Sorry. The, how did you feel about the movie? Just, Just like broad strokes. Things. We'll get deep in. <clears throat> yeah, I saw this movie opening day in the theater, oh, and shit. I was, I pretty sure I was the only one in the theater. There may have been one or two other people, but my memory is I was the only one. I was very excited for this movie because I'm a big Andrew Dominic fan. Mm. Right. And I, I love Brad Pitt as well. Um, and the movie's loaded up with great actors, Ben Mendelsohn, Scoot McNary, Ray Liotta. It's kind of a Sam Shepard. murderer's row. Sam Shepard is yeah, in there for crazy. one scene. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so... I was very excited for it, and I think it's a, a a really interesting movie. I think it's beautifully made, um, and it's for like a wide release studio uh, movie. It's incredibly gutsy, and I'm so happy that someone like Brad Pitt actually goes out and and makes movies like this. Yeah, and, you know because. You know, you you gotta know putting something like this out there, you're gonna take a bit of a hit commercially. Um, but it's uh, it's a really beautifully made movie. Seeing it again, I'm not sure if I'm all the way there on it. Yeah. As a movie, without thinking of those other considerations, I feel like I'm not. I wasn't exactly sure what he was saying. I, I think. We'll talk about the movie, but th yeah. that's basically my 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 two. So, I have a question. You've been known to see movies uh, many times while they're in the theaters, um, like just repeatedly. This one you right. saw opening day. Did you see it um, more than once in theaters? No, I hadn't seen it again till you know the other day. Okay, so that's a little mm -hmm. bit of testament also to how good this movie is. Well, I have to say, yeah. I think every time I was all this like all this time leading up to this podcast, I'm thinking about what I was going to say, and I think that this movie it would be way more poignant when it came out, which was in 2012, on right after Barack Obama was elected for the second time, and mm. the movie is takes place like during his election of the first time around, so it was like very yeah. hard hitting when it came out, and then watching it out of place in the world we are now the story doesn't check out as much and I didn't see it when it originally came out. So like, I'm just like, this is trying to be something that like, isn't working for me. Yeah. I, so I do sort you of feel like it was trying to tell the story of somebody who a story I don't kind of identify with, you know what I mean? Like somebody who's being hit by the economic times of 2008, but they're also a, a gangster, but like a nice gangster. I just didn't know if it wanted to be funny or if it wanted me to take it seriously or if it wanted to be a play or if it wanted to be a movie. And any of those things I would have been happy if it had been committed to. But I was like, oh, my God, these scenes are so long. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. sometimes they're happy and sometimes they're sad. And I just don't know if I want to, like, sympathize and laugh with Brad Pitt or I want to be like, oh, man, he's really scary. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I... It felt like uh, Harold Pinter played. You guys know Harold Pinter, mm -mm. the playwright. He's this British playwright who wrote a lot about blue collar, sometimes criminals, sometimes not, but just just 
You know, like Ben Mendelsohn and Scoot McNally's right. characters in this movie are, especially Ben Mendelsohn. Totally. These guys are dirtbags. Like, these guys are criminals, drug addicts. Like, they are up to no good. Um, and it's really kind of an examination of these guys and their mentality and and their kind of thought process and how they get the, their logic of, of why they're, they do what they do. And they just make a really dumb move right up top. Mm-hmm. And we're just sort of brought with them on this, this journey from making a really dumb decision uh, till the till they pay for it, but and then the all the kind of throughout the whole movie, everyone. That's one thing I think they now looking back, they really overdid the it's election time two thousand. Yeah, like it's like we're we're brought like everyone in the world is always listening to the radio or watching CNN with election coverage. Totally, people are watching a lot of that stuff, especially in the three weeks leading up to the election, but everyone. So that was a little heavy handed. I thought, yeah, Um, like those, I could have done with, I was just saying like the, the, those two main dudes, I just have a hard time believing they're in the car listening to like an, like a talk radio about that economic thing. Like it just was very heavy handed. Right. But again, this comes to like the time in which it came out, which this movie premiered November 30th, 2012, which was three weeks after the election, which brings me to 2012 and what is actually happening in the world in which this, this movie came out. Right. Just like segue. Chelsea, really good job on that segue. Thanks. We don't have, (laughs) we don't have that much time. Um, (laughs) Few little things. 2012, the war in Afghanistan is a blazing. People are feeling like, I feel like in my world, we're pretty comfortable. Um, Barack Obama's president. He's still doing his thing. Um, just a cute, few quick things. Whitney Houston died that year. She was mm. 48. She was found in the Beverly Hilton in her bathtub. Big moment for me. Really loved her. Um, the artist won That's the Academy Awards that year. I didn't see that movie. The year before. Wait. You know, I haven't seen it either. You never saw The Artist? No. Oh, no, I did see The Artist. I just rewatched The Artist because we've talked about The Artist before. What other movie was up that year that I thought should have won? Tell me what, what I thought about 2012. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't... Do you remember what else was out for, like, up for nomination that year? There was um, all sorts of Brad Pitt movies. Tree of Life was up for nomination that year. And, oh, that's right. Um, it was that big it. year for Brad, and the artist just swept everything. It was Moneyball and um, the one I just said. Anyway, the artist. the artist was the first silent film to win an award since 1927. Wow. Hmm. Big deal. Moneyball probably um, should have won, right? That's, that's the one that so. I wanted to win. But I think Moneyball the artist Tree of is... Life. The artist is a little bit more of what the Oscars would choose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. It's in, in the world of Brad Pitt and in the world of this podcast, 2011 was Brad Pitt's like very, he had a very strong year. He had a good year. year. Between Tree of Life and Moneyball. And then he goes right into Killing Them Softly. And I say, yeah. I understand what choice. he was doing then. But in the context of now, I don't really quite get it. Well, I, you, I, you also have to consider that when you 
go and make a movie, you don't know how it's going to turn out. You're, exactly. It's all just good intentions. Right. And, uh, and so I'm sure on paper this seemed like it was going to be badass and super interesting. But you know what? I think it is super interesting, and I think it is well, badass. But yeah. there's just there's something. I think it's a it's a it's it's a there's something there's one component that just isn't there, and I don't know what that component is. But I I feel like it's just slightly incomplete. I love his performance. I love the scenes with he and Richard Same. Jenkins talking so about just sort of the business of. The, the, they're both part of this crime syndicate. Richard Jenkins's company has hired Brad Pitt to come down and take care of this problem. Uh, and it's just kind of mundane conversation about this this kind of corporate atmosphere taking over this crime syndicate. And that stuff's really interesting and fun. But there's so, some emotional uh, undercurrent that just isn't complete. That, I, to, to carry me through it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't want to knock Andrew Dominic because I do love the uh, assassination of Jesse James, but Same. I feel a little bit like maybe his directing style is the factor that was just a little bit um, made the movie just feel a little, I don't know, like lackadaisical almost because you have James Gandolfini, you have Johnny Sack That's from The Sopranos, you have Brad Pitt, and there and Richard. I mean, a million good actors, and it's a really simple story. There's a bunch of great scenes between Richard Jenkins and Brad Pitt, and Brad Pitt and, and Gandolfini, um, and it just it's like, you know, I'm not a diehard Tarantino fan, but if a director like Tarantino who knew how to just like inject coolness directly into like an artery was directing this movie, it might have a slightly different tone that would just kind of marry everything in a different way. I so think that's think a good point. Is the problem with it? Uh, maybe not tone. I, it's just I, feels I feel like, like I wanted style. it to be cool. Like I wanted it to have that cool thing. Like I wanted it to have the Tarantino vibes or the, um, what's like the casino? One? The casino. Like, cause Brad Pitt has done all these movies sort of heisty. Not that this is a heist movie, but, um, what's the Guy Ritchie one? Snatch. Snatch. Or the Casino movies or any Tarantino movie. Ocean's they all are Eleven. These, like, Ocean's Eleven. There's all these like fast-paced ones where I'm like, I guess maybe in my head, because I'm so focused on watching his career every week, that I'm like, I kind of wanted it to be that. But also, you said the word lackadaisical, and I feel like it's almost the opposite of that. I feel like it's like almost too considered. And I can't mm. help but think that like, that's because of the world in which it was made in the time in which it was made. And like, yeah. it got really great reviews. It was generally like received really well, which is why I was like, I kept being like, am I crazy that this is not sinking in for me? Because I just don't, I'm not loving it at all. I did love like those special moments. I love. Yeah. Daniel there's a lot Fini. of great moments. I'm obsessed with James Gandolfini. Movies. Yeah, I know you are. I'm so thrilled for you that we have, this is our last one with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like, you know, Andrew Dominic is such a unique filmmaker. And I, I think that as far as like sort of a a lighter tone that like, like if you're thinking like, like 
with gangsters and stuff like Pulp Fiction or like Ocean's Eleven or or Snatch yeah. or something like that. Andrew Dominic just doesn't do that stuff. He's a really stark, deliberate filmmaker. So totally. this movie, I think, is a is a distillation of like, th- I mean, this is a dark world view. This is a nihilistic, uh, p- pessimistic uh, way of looking at the world. And I think that what it was missing for me, which is a clear point, is part of the message that's built into the movie. And I think part of that message is, is everything is pointless. Our country is an mm. illusion. I think sure. by the end of the movie, it's like America is not a thing. Pay me, and right. I think that that Andrew Dominic is a has a dark way of looking at the world. And I think that maybe assassination of Jesse James was a, just a wide angle version of that that way of looking at the world. And this is I agree a lean and mean way of getting that totally. point across. And yeah. for me, Jesse James worked uh, better, uh, but this, I think this is a fascinating movie, uh, with that, but I could have done with like 25% less election uh, <laughs> radio talk. For sure. Yeah. And I could have done with more, I mean, I guess there's not really much more to say in terms of James Scandolfini's character, but like, Right. <laughs> I wanted to see more of that. Like, I was interested yeah, in that yeah, yeah. storyline, even though the whole point yeah. was that like, was people cool. were kind of mad. They're like, because he had, they're like, why did that character storyline exist? It like ended up being nothing. But I think it was important. Um, he came well, and he went, yeah. and he didn't really. It was sort of inconsequential. Like he was there because he was great and he was awesome. And it it seemed to me that a big part of the movie or the script or something was cut with his character because. Ultimately, had no real implication on the situation, right? No, he was there to do the job, to kill one of those guys, but then he went on a bender, so Brad Pitt had to take over and do his job for him. Yeah, that's correct. And I think the point of that storyline and the point of him fizzling out like that is to sort of play to what you were talking about, that bleakness. And I think the reason that that Mm. feels so weird is just that it's like we're not used to gangster movies where the the boss Richard Jenkins isn't aggressive and is like kind of just like you know I don't want to make waves like yeah and then yeah, we're not see, used I to an assassin that. yeah totally but then we're not used to an assassin coming in and going on a bender and not being able to do the job yeah yeah and, they go on benders and they do the job flawlessly normally and yeah 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 right? totally and so you know what's interesting too is that Richard Jenkins is there to kind of, yeah, he's kind of the boss, but he's not the boss. He's like representing that. Like we never even no. meet the boss. That's which true. Is cool. Exactly. Yeah. Which I didn't really realize until that last scene where he was like, well, yeah. I'm just paying you, which was, I guess, kind of cool. But like in terms of the filmmaking, just reeling it back yeah. for why I have a bad taste in my mouth. Like the moments where re- re- like, for instance, when Ray Liotta is getting killed or like all the beat up scenes. Ugh. It seemed like they were using a different camera. They slowed down time. They got really artsy. And it's like, I just, instead of me being like, yes, I was like, whoa. Like, I yeah. don't. I know. It went up to like 60 It was frames. jarring for me. Yeah. I was yeah. like, did they, they literally changed the camera and like 
I don't know. I just yeah. It suddenly became a John well. Woo movie for yeah. Ray Liotta getting shot. I, I was also a little bit like, I wonder why we're doing why we're because it <laughs> yeah. feels like we're glorifying <laughs> like we're the violence just for yes. one moment, whereas the other ones are quick and brutal. Right, exactly. They're doing heroin, and then they're playing Lou Reed's heroin, and I'm like, okay, I, know. I yeah. can't <laughs> really. And then you know the classic move of like, let's. I just, Brad Pitt's is like, I just want to kill them softly. And I said, okay, we made it. Like, you know what I Did mean? Did he say that in the, the movie? Yes, he says oh, it. Yeah. He says it halfway through. And I made a note. I was like, there it is. Like, that's all mm. I needed. He <laughs> says like, it because okay. he doesn't like to be up close when he kills somebody because they beg and plead for their life. So he likes to shoot them right. from a distance because it feels more like he's killing them softly. Which he does. Okay, I did because not catch that. Yeah. yeah. Either time I, I saw the movie. I literally like threw my hands up and was like, okay, I know where we stand here. <laughs> yeah. But then I also was like, okay, maybe I have a really short attention span in general for movies and for content. But then no, because like Assassination of Jesse James is... And Tree of Life. And, and uh, Tree of Life. And like all my favorite things are very moment-based and yeah. acting-based. That I was, and, like, but also regardless of any of that, if you feel like disconnected or bored or whatever, that's what you feel. And so that's what that, that is, to, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about um, how Brad Pitt got connected to this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So he, so this is interesting because it's a Plan B production. It's also an Annapurna production. And I think both of these companies make really stellar films across the board. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think this was their first matchup, their first team up. Right? I think so, too. Yeah. Um, so that and- was my first note. I was like, damn, Annapurna and Plan B together. I'm about to watch something amazing. But here's what I know about Brad Pitt movies. The ones that go down in history that I remember and all their names and their titles and stuff are the really genuinely good ones. And we have watched Adam over the course of this movie of this podcast, 40 movies now. Wow. The mm-hmm. ones whose names I forget. Those are the, <laughs> the ones, ones that are that... last. Those, those are the ones I don't like. So you're going to what enough. you're saying is you're going to forget the name of this movie. I have already forgotten it four times. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just sitting here right now. You know, I'm glad that line Jesse. of dialogue is in the movie to remind you what the movie is called. <laughs> exactly. They yeah. already foresaw this was going to happen to me, and they say, just so you don't forget, I like to kill him softly. Yeah. They say, this movie's killing me softly. That's what it's called, and I'm dying softly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's the other movie that we always forget the name of? We were just talking about it the other day, Adam. We were, it was... Uh, oh, The Devil's... The Devil's Own. own. Look at that. Oh, the Devil's Own. Remember that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That movie's bad. Um... I wanted also, that to be so good. I know. Yeah, we all I did. Know. I mean, you're telling Harrison me Harrison Ford's my Ford. favorite. I know. My ultimate dreamboat with my other yeah. ultimate Yeah, and dreamboat. we should also acknowledge how funny it is that the movie that was right after that spy game, how much Brad Pitt currently looks just like um, Robert Ford. Or, um, Robert Redford. Uh, Robert Redford, yes. Did Thank you. you. Guys, did you guys see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet? Nope, that's next no. up on the list. We're doing I it. I heard next. it's amazing. Oh, you've have you seen it? I see it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm. I can't wait to watch it. I'm probably gonna watch it Friday. I cannot just, wait to see it again. I'm just oh, so proud good. of my, our boyfriend, Brad. Let's like set the tone here because I don't wait. know oh, if yeah, you know 
that so Michael and I have now watched 38, I think 40. actually 40 Brad Pitt movies. Yeah, yeah. And when we started this, I was never, I wasn't a particular Brad Pitt fan. I wasn't not a Brad Pitt fan. I knew yeah. him. I loved him. I have now developed this like crazy relationship within with him in my head of like, I feel like I know him. Uh-huh. And that he's like kind of like my brother. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so... And I'm also kind of in love with him, and I also kind of hate him, and I'm just so proud of him for this new movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that he's put out with this this cute little director, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I do want to it's say, Brad if, Brad, if you're listening, we're not weird. Like, you can come no. on the podcast, Brad. I just want to know what he weird. smells like. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Adam, you're, you're famous. Not... Have you smelled him? I've never, I've never smelled, I've never met Brad Pitt. No way. Which is huh. uh, crazy, but you know what? I I I also am a a huge fan, and I feel like I've seen all of the movies, all, all of his movies, and I'll I will say that he, that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a quintessential. Like it is the best. Would you use. say it's a quintessential? <laughs> there Stop you go. That, you right said now. it, not me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, I, I don't want to ruin anything, but there is a moment in this movie where it's just, you can, it, you feel the whole theater exhale, like we've got Brad Pitt right where we want him. Oh my God, I can't he, wait. He is photographed perfectly. He's written for perfectly. He's oh, I just got the chills. unbelievably good in it. It's a great, great movie. And, and oh. he is unbelievable in it. Um, what a joy. I, I can't wait. Yeah. yeah. I have to say, what that's is your sort of, favorite Brad Pitt? Sorry, Michael. Sorry, everybody. I was just going to, okay, I do want to know that question, the answer to that question, but I was going to say, that's sort of the reason why we started this podcast is because sometimes you see a movie and you're like, why are we obsessed with Brad Pitt? He's like, okay. But then you see a movie like that's that bullshit. where you see him in Ocean's Eleven or, uh, you know, a Fight Club or a Snatch or whatever, and you're like, holy shit, just watching Brad Pitt, like, be good at what he does and you're like yeah. oh my god i get everything about why we're obsessed watching his career like having a focus on one person's trajectory especially someone who's been so wrapped up in in uh, the media and like just pop tabloids and pop yeah. culture and all that like he's been famous my whole entire life yeah yeah and i've never really considered him as an actor because he's been so waylaid by tabloids etc yeah but like focusing on this arc of a career it's like everything he does is genuinely considered from like pretty from much to, meet from, yeah. like from 2001 he has thought about everything he does and Not we've read before. every interview about it i mean he had a little no he he became moment. a star in 1991 for yeah. yes and then he didn't know what to do and he like kind of wild out and did all these like i'm hot guy and I'm famous kind of roles. And then he like kind of sat back and started plan B and like genuinely thought about all of his roles. Got it. And it's really, it's just really interesting to so see that career. What are, sorry, Adam, what are your top three? Well, he's a little long career. So your top three, would you say favorite Brad movies? Um, well, I will say that um, I, I mentioned this to Michael that when I, moved to Los Angeles in 1991. Um, I was on the plane coming down to start school down there. And 
freaked out about moving away from home for the first time to become an actor, blah, 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 on the plane. And I was reading an Us magazine that was there mm-hmm. on, the, on the plane. And it, there was a little, like, quarter-page article on the, the new actor uh, in Thelma and Louise, Brad Pitt. Yep. And I had never heard of him nor seen Thelma and Louise yet. And, uh, and I was like, huh, well, this guy really seems to be doing well. I hope, I hope that someday I can get, like, a little quarter page in Us magazine. And, uh, <laughs> have and, you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, I have. Um, Yay, congrats, you did you know, it. You know, <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> I can quit. My fa- I mean, maybe, maybe my favorite movie of his ever, one of them at least, is True Romance, but it's not really a Brad Pitt mm. movie. Okay, so No, but that is a spectacular movie. I love that movie. It's a spectacular movie. movie. Uh, so I would say Seven is 100% in my uh, top three. Um, okay. And then The Mexican, just kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, I was like, you clearly didn't listen to that episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, uh, so... Definitely seven, um, Inglorious Bastards, and yeah. Yeah. and uh, and now, um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Although, wow, I will say Moneyball is in there. If I could have four, Moneyball would be in there. You can okay. have four. We'll give. It, we'll allow it. Yeah, we'll but say he's made a lot of great movies. He has. Yeah, it's wild. Um, I mean, to this day. I really do think that Legends of the Fall is still my favorite Brad Pitt oh, performance yeah, yeah. of all time. That's awesome. It's like Mine never, too. it's never gone away for me. I still think of him crying. There's two ways I love Brad Pitt: flirting and crying. And then I say, "Come to also my, wet. Come <laughs> lay upon me. Love him wet. Love him crying. Legends of the Legends of the Fall. He is unbelievable. Just beautiful." Just beautiful. That's the first time where he's not just a hot. Because like for since Thelma and Louise, he was just a really hot guy. Yeah. And Michael and I have been walking this line of like, is he just really attractive or is he really good for the first like 10 episodes? And then Legends of the Fall hit and we were like, okay, we He's got good. a real serious actor yeah. on our hands who just happens to be really attractive and kind of resents it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I think um, Glorious Bastards would be number one, though. I, I think that's a perfect we've, movie. I think we sort of said the same like when we just we watched that movie not too long ago and we, we yeah. were saying like this is. Like, because uh, we rate the movies and we both gave it a 10 because we were like, what what else are we saving a perfect 10 for? Like, yeah, there's right. It's like that's the movie that gets the perfect 10. It even uh, ends perfectly with him cl- saying it's a masterpiece. And I remember yeah. seeing it in the theater. And I, just before that line, I was like, if this movie ends right now, it's a masterpiece. But it totally. has to end. It has to end right now. And then he said. I do believe I've made my masterpiece or whatever. <laughs> and he yeah, carves yeah, yeah. the guy's forehead and then the movie fucking oh, ends. It's, it's perfect. Yes, it's so good. I'm so, yeah. yeah. Um, um, let's circle back, shall we, to... Uh, <laughs> to killing them softly. Killing them softly. Um, I was going to say the fun fact about him getting attached to this movie was that he did it by text message. Yeah, I was just going to say that too. 40... Andrew Dominic said it took 45 minutes via text message to hammer out a deal to produce the film. So, That's awesome. so rad. I mean, 
I mean, first of all, the fact that you can just text Brad to ask, let me just text Brad Pitt to see if he'll like star in this movie. And Brad says, yeah, 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 I got you. And then, you know, you finish your dinner. It's still yeah. warm. He said he likes to avoid long and lengthy contractual processes. So he's just like anybody who wants to work with him just knows to text him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, cool. One day I'll text you, Brad. You know? um, super easy. Yeah, it should be no problem. Uh, what else is there to talk about with this movie? I mean, I feel like there's a lot to unpack, but it's where to begin, you know? Well, the weird thing about it is it's not a particularly long movie and there, there isn't a lot that happens. So I almost feel like we've sort of cut because it's not really a, it's 100% character driven. So there's no discernible, like there's no real like plot that unfolds it's all about Mm -hmm. following the characters so we just sort of follow them through this chunk of time and see what they did and then the kind of they kind of reap what uh the interesting thing about it is these guys when scoot mcnary goes and sits down with the dude from the sopranos he's like i have this job for you scoot mcnary's like no no fucking way I'm going to get killed if I do this job. Everyone will know it's me, blah, blah, blah. He's like, no. Then they go and he convinces him. Then he goes and does a job, and Ray Liotta's like, they're going to kill you. And, and, and they do it anyway. They go, pull, go through with it. And then they get killed. Like, they're warned about it twice, <laughs> and then it happens because they just yeah, get dumb you know, and they the do it anyway. Yeah, you know from the minute they start speaking that they're going to get murdered. Like, yeah. because he's like, you're like, oh, this person is lacking a few brain cells and this person's a heroin addict and together they're going to die. And this whole movie is about the path of their death. Right. Yeah. And And then we have James Gandolfini and Brad Pitt and like the lovely little ballet that happens. Yeah. Throughout. But I I mean, I think that's why I didn't really like it that much is that I couldn't really figure out really what the story was. Cause it is simple. It's like these two guys pull off. Correct me if I'm wrong. These two guys are contracted by Squirrel, the guy from The Sopranos, to... Johnny Sack, yeah. Johnny Sack to to hold up a card game that had been previously held up as an inside job by Ray Liotta. And so yeah. they're like, this is easy. Everyone's like, going to blame Ray Liotta. Everyone's going to blame Ray Liotta because he's already done it, which... Yeah, duh, and admitted to it. Obviously yeah. not. Then they get away with it. The guy goes down to Florida to sell dogs. The other guy like hangs out. And then this is where it gets blurry to me. Like, then... Then They decide they have to kill Ray Liotta regardless of whether he did it or not just because everyone knows he did it the first time and it happens again. It doesn't matter if he did it or not. He has to die. So who makes that decision? Brad Pitt. Uh, Well, no, Brad Pitt is saying that that's what needs to happen, but he's he's just following orders from on high. Yeah. Um, Brad, yeah, but Brad convinces them that he's like, look, he kind of breaks it down and says, like, we have to do this because of this reason. And he's like, oh, oh, OK. Right. He's like, cool. Yes. I got this. Let me call my main man, James Gandolfini. And then James Gandolfini's like, I need to go fucking suck and do some drugs. Yeah. And Brad's like, damn it, James. <laughs> you <But> you <laughs> failed Brad me. Pitt, Brad Pitt is like wanting to be a decision maker, but he act, he isn't really a decision maker. Exactly. He has an opinion about what should happen here, tells Richard Jenkins. Richard Jenkins, I guess, sends it up, puts it up, runs it up the flagpole, 
and gets the okay, so Brad Pitt yeah. right. kills everybody. Um, right. I, I think part of the kind of nihilistic uh, nature of the movie is this story about these two dumb shits who yeah. decide to do this thing. Sco- uh, Scoot McNary doesn't even leave town when he finds out that that there's a contract out on them. It's these guys yeah. that are that are cannot escape their lives, cannot escape yeah. their circumstances. They are like a disease, poverty, and crime is just a right. part of their lives. And meanwhile, there's all this optimism uh, and pulsing through the country with this new okay. leader. The 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 economy is being injected with all this government money and all the the corporations and banks that that robbed people and fucked everyone over are getting in, injected with all of this money from the U.S. government. So mm-hmm. The whole economy is being saved. Meanwhile, we're seeing that there's an irreversible um, sect of people that whose circumstances will never change, no matter how okay. optimistic we are as a nation. It's all a fable. And America isn't a real thing. It's just a, an illusion. And it's all about getting paid. Yeah. What's the line that he says at the very end of the movie? He says, America's not a country. It's a business. Now, pay me. Which, pay like, me. Way, yeah. the way that you describe that, I'm like, okay, I'm here for it. And I totally get it. As a viewer of the movie, I'm like, okay, I know I'm supposed to think something yeah. right now about the context yeah. of what's going on. But also... There's always drug addicts, and there's always idiots, yeah. and there's always the mob. And it's like no man's land. And I thought it was really funny, too, because the one guy's Australian, one guy's, like, from Boston. Yeah. But yeah. it's, like, anywhere USA, and I was, like, totally non sequitur, but I was, like, wow, the Australian accent and the Boston accent really do blend. I, they could have both been from Boston, and they could have both been from Australia to me. Well, I thought they was, it was obviously filmed in New Orleans. I thought it was supposed to take place It was filmed there. in New Orleans. But was, it was, wasn't it so supposed to take book, place there? So it was supposed or to no. be anywhere. So like as re, like having researched it, it was supposed to be like anywhere USA. It was definitely filmed in New Orleans, but it was supposed to take place where the book, because it's based on a book. Oh, I see. I see. Um, and the book took place, I think, in Detroit or somewhere yeah. like some ra- like ravaged, you know, boom. I think it was Detroit like because it's a car. It's a car city. Yeah. And um, it's the, since it's, the politics oh, so are so supposed heavily to be, involved. Supposed to be. It's a city uh, where, Detroit. like, it used to, like, yeah, it used to be like America's dream, and then yeah. you know, then like one factory closes and the whole city shuts down. Yeah, and it then was Obama certainly like happened. it was certainly like a just a ravaged shell yeah. of a city. Um, totally. I think I think what you were saying was really interesting that all that stuff was happening, but the actual watching the actual viewing experience wasn't interesting for you. And I wonder if, I wonder if the kind of milieu of the, of gangsters and drug addicts and all of that is just kind of, uh, uh, kind of a little too heavily tread upon. Like we've kind of seen all of that so much that this particular Mm -hmm. story being told through that lens just makes it inherently less interesting than if he was choosing a different way of of, of finding this this uh, this finding another way of telling this 
this story or making this particular point. I think sure. There, Sorry, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I think that there is a different way to tell the story. Um, I think it would have been interesting if like if maybe they weren't holding up a poker game, but they were doing something else where Richard Jenkins' character um, and the people that they were holding up were a little bit more naive, so that it was less heavily like mobster feeling, and that way. Brad Pitt's character and Gandolfini's character and the the two um, idiots were or were sort of like the supposed professionals, and that sort of made it so that less that everyone was part of a club that was a boring club. Like now that club is yeah. overdone. I was just thinking, but even before I saw this movie, I was thinking recently about how I don't want to see any more gangster movies right now. Like I'm yeah. so over gangster movies, and I love. I mean, The yeah. Sopranos is my favorite TV show. I love gangster shit, but like. We don't need to make any more gangster stuff yeah. right now. Yeah. See, for me, I was like, I didn't... It wasn't necessarily the storyline. It was more about, like, the filmmaking and the execution of it, where it was like, when we first meet these characters, when we first sit down in the movie, we have these two idiots, and, the, and they're, like, mob boss, who's also kind of an idiot, and it's jovial and it's sort of like okay these goofs are gonna get got and like i'm down for this like funny ride is how it for me like was set up and then and then it does get to that dark shady zone and then it then it changes the camera and then it goes like when people are getting killed where all of a sudden we're sped up and then the scenes are really long and so it's like i guess i sat down thinking i was gonna be in for a ride that i I wasn't taken on this is that curse of having Brad Pitt in your movie where everybody and a studio is involved because everybody wants to have a um, they have a theory on what should happen because Brad Pitt's in it. You no, know, I don't think that's true. Not that's not my point, at least. No, you I mean, but you mean like how much money it should make? Well, yes. And also because like Brad Pitt has his own ideas, the director has his ideas and then the studio is going to ha- have notes, too, on like what they think will fix the movie or what's working and what's not working. And so like I read somewhere that it started out where it was supposed to be kind of a cheeky comedy that we were sort of thinking that it might be at first. And then, um, yeah, that makes sense. And then it changed. I forget if it was, I think it was Andrew Dominic who changed it a little bit to make it a little more bleak. Um, but then I'm sure that the action sequences are what, if I had to guess what the studio would be, all four you know what i mean like they would probably say because i haven't seen the trailer but i imagine if we watch the trailer it would feature some action sequences some gunshots some upbeat music and make and sell it as like a gangster movie yeah Yeah, but even even a bleak movie like this there are moments in time where a movie like this would catch on critically it would Mm -hmm. would get awards buzz people would go see it it's just at that you know it's just all about timing and you know this movie came out at a time you know, like you said, Obama was just reelected. It was kind of an optimistic uh, time, and, and our, it just wasn't the right time for this movie. I could see this coming out at a different time and being uh, embraced a bit more. You know? Yeah, yeah, totally. I ha- I have to agree. That's like the thing I keep coming back to is like this movie was put out in the specific time in which it was put out, and whether or not I mean, because again, it was received very well. Like. Should we do ratings? Are Let's we there? do ratings. Well, I'd want to know how much it cost to get. I want to know how it got made and how much it made. 
But I'll, okay, we I'll can do start with ratings this year. We can start with ratings this time around. Because okay. You do critic Weekly, ratings? Okay, do critic ratings. Yeah. Entertainment Weekly, which we do every single week. I'm usually way off course, and I'm full off course. Entertainment Weekly gave it an A+. Plus. Whoa. Wow. Wow. Yes. Okay. Um, which is a lot. Um, they didn't that's really... Extreme. They kind of recap... That's extreme. for yeah. Especially for Entertainment Weekly, who, like, never. Um, IMDb gives it a 6.2 out of 10, which makes sense. It has a 74% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I thought was high for a movie that's this old. That um, is high. 64% on Metacritic. And... Yeah, so the, that 74% on Rotten Tomatoes is, is based on 220 critic reviews. Mm-hmm. So, like, wow. that's that seems pretty about, high. I don't know. 70, anything below 80% now is, like, not a critical. Because critics are so gentle now that, like, all Marvel movies get, like, 90%. Like, yeah. critics are pretty soft these days and pretty... Uh, not that Marvel movies aren't good, um, well, but don't, but they're don't not. Don't get me started on Marvel movies. Well, no, I I guess what I'm saying is, movies that it, it used to be that critics were, if there was anything but a serious film, critics would attack it, like right. uh, you know, I don't know, Temple of Doom would get 95 percent now uh, if it wasn't, right. you know, if it was a little oh. more politically correct. Right. It would get outrageous reviews now because it works so well in the genre it plays in. When it came out, critics were kind of seeing it with a this isn't Gandhi sort of eye. So, well, totally. That's my whole point about this whole movie where it's just like this is such a time and a place moment. Okay, so those were the good ratings. Now, Roger Ebert, who this is one of his last reviews we're going to read, unfortunately. Roger Ebert and us have not had a very great history of agreeing on movies. Roger Ebert, I did meet. Did you? Oh, really? I did, yes. Did you guys talk about any movies? Well, you know, unfortunately he was not able, it was when he wasn't able to to speak anymore, but uh, it was amazing meeting him. I used to uh, read his books cover to cover when I was... uh, a kid. Anyway, what did what did he say? Did he was he negative? He was negative, and thank God because I never for the last six movies, Roger Ebert and I have had very different takes on things. Uh-huh. This movie, he gave two stars, and he said, "I felt like a cacti- like a captive animal struggling to free itself from a trap." <laughs> <laughs> That's the like, Roger Ebert we know and love. He said yeah. all of these characters seem like they're reduced to gnawing off their own legs, and I didn't like it. No, that's see, but he's not. I wrong. love him. No, it, that's not. actually true. He and, gets it. Yeah, but he's like, I didn't fucking like it. Yeah. Also, the final one is so, Cinema Score, which is audience polled, yeah, gave the oh film boy. an F. Yeah, Whoa. I can see that. I haven't seen it. Well, they're asking so like long. they're asking people in you know the middle of the country who they're usually asking people who aren't. They probably walked in thinking this was going to be a fun Brad Pitt movie because totally. they released this wide, which was another crazy thing. This totally. should have been on nineteen screens and see yeah. how it does. You know. Yeah. And the if you look at the poster, 
it paint you imagine that you're going to be watching a very different movie. Yeah, like an action. Just look at the poster. It's Brad Pitt holding a shotgun, and it's called "Killing Them Softly." You think that you're going to see Brad Pitt shooting a lot more shotguns, which is like a sadness of being Brad Pitt, I would imagine. Which is just like, if you're Brad Pitt, oftentimes this happened a lot early in his career, and then he got he was able to be discerning about what he chose. Um, But it's like, if you're Brad Pitt, you are hired to put butts in seats. We talk about this all the time, where it's just like, okay, I've got Brad Pitt. Like, I don't need to care about what this movie is or what the story is. Um, not that I, not that this is what not happened that that here, happened with this movie, but it's just like, it's a but common it's... thing where like you see Brad Pitt and you go, okay, I got to go see the new Brad Pitt movie where it's like, who's to say whether or not, but Michael, just for the sake of time, how much, did, how much did it cost to make this movie and how much did this movie make and how did it do overall? Um, that was a lot of questions. Um, you know, we do this <laughs> okay. every week. I know. So. Here's a fun fact. I left my notes back in L.A. so I don't <laughs> uh, know exactly how much it cost to make the movie off the top of my head. I bet we could find out. It, the budget was $15 million and it made 37 See, it made $40 million, which is a lot. A movie like this making $40 million. Okay. <clears throat> that's yes. a lot of money for a movie like this. Especially I guess so. Even now, it would. I mean, that's. Think about this movie uh, and how bleak it is, and forty million. It made forty million dollars. Well, I mean, it was seen as a failure, but that's actually not that bad. It's not bad. They did make their money back. It's it's totaled. I have the other numbers up. the The total domestic box office was fourteen point nine million. Um, oh, so I'm looking at worldwide. You're looking at at combined world, yeah. Oh, so um, yeah, that is terrible. And then wait, so the initial release it made fourteen point nine million. And international it cost was twenty four. Yeah, it cost fifteen to make. Uh, twenty four internationally, total of about forty. Um, it's estimated Blu-ray video sales were six million. Um, it's opening weekend. It made six million point eight, six point eight million dollars. Uh, it Allie opened Bizzally. at number seven. <laughs> Who came before yeah, it? It was not. Who else came out that? Uh, week? Well, now it's not loading, but it it was a bunch of movies. That was the only new movie that weekend. I remember seeing that. That it was the only new movie that weekend, and um, yeah, it just it just like had a abysmal opening. Its second week, it w- it went down to number ten, and it only made two million two point eight million its second week out. Um, so it was like a super slow, like roll into making money. It didn't. It just didn't do well in the box office. And I think it's just because audiences just were bored by it. It, it just didn't really captivate an well, audience. I, or again, I think putting this movie out in a wide release, expecting it to uh, make a bunch of money, is a is a huge mistake. And they should have just put it out in a few theaters and totally. just let it kind of creep on out there and let the let let it find its audience rather than trying to push the audience to see this. It's just the wrong movie to do that with. It's just yeah. bizarre that they that they did that. Right, yeah. especially like post Inglorious Bastards or something. It's like that's this movie's not going to do that. It's not going to carry that that weight on its own. Um, I mean, twenty twelve. I'm trying to like think about my mindset in twenty twelve and seeing a movie like this. I definitely did not see this. Yeah, no, it's just, it just wasn't, 
Well, few, apparently it won not the many Palm d'Or at at Cannes. Like, did it, it win? Big deal. Yeah, yeah, it did. It I thought it was Palme just no, no, no. Nominated. It was nominated. It didn't win. It was nominated. It oh, like well, debuted. But still, at like, that's a huge. That's a huge, huge totally. thing. I remember it being a huge thing because like Cannes is in the spring, was. and then it came out in November. So I remember it was this highly anticipated yeah. uh, movie in in uh, in like you know, in Hollywood and stuff, but you can't expect it to be like a big, you know, wide release where everyone goes to see it. Right. And that, yeah. that was its market is the indie. It should have been more yeah, marketed totally. as indie. Um, okay. So before we do we've our ratings, reached the point. Oh no, please. Go. I have one more thing. We should, <laughs> I want to do Mary fuck kill. Oh, great news. So, yeah. So it's going to be, go on. Um, Let's say the two, the two idiots and James Gandolfini for starters. Okay, well, there's a hot idiot. Oh. And then there's a not hot idiot, and then there's James Gandolfini, right? I would, I think, I would marry the non-heroin addicted idiot. I would fuck the heroin addicted idiot, and I would kill James Gandolfini. But I think what about the, Brad Pitt? Oh. I have another one in mind for Brad Pitt. Oh, Brad always wins um, okay. every time. But for yeah, that specific for, set. Okay, it's those three for Mary Fuck Kill. Yeah. Okay, I would. I would marry Scoot McNary's character because I love uh, Scoot though. McNary's acting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would fuck James Gandolfini. Never. Because. That's all he wanted to do that weekend anyway. He seems like he's had a lot of practice. You want to give the guy what he wants. I just can't imagine his heaving body. (laughs) Yeah. Well, don't don't think about it too hard. I can. No, I mean, if I'm marrying, I'm marrying. If I'm fucking, I am fucking. And if I am killing, I am murdering. And I think we can all agree that that Australian guy just needed, he just needed to go. No, I would fuck him. Ben Mendelsohn is like, he's incredible. Put him I, in a shower, I, and I I do him any day. I would kill him uh, just because he was at death's door anyway, and he's the only one that survives the movie, by the way. Yeah, because he's in prison. Oh, that's true. Okay, and then the other one is uh, Brad Pitt, Richard Jenkins, and uh, Ray Liotta. In this like, in this movie specifically, you not marry in Richard Jenkins. Don't the we same marry... game for those three characters. Yeah. yeah. Don't we all marry Richard Jenkins? We all marry Richard Jenkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we fuck Brad Pitt. Yeah, there's, I guess there's only one right answer. You fuck and Brad Pitt, you kill Ray, Ray Liotta. Liotta. Right? We're I'll, all yeah. I mean, yeah. is there yeah. another scenario? Another, there's no other scenario. I don't think that there's, I think that's the only right answer. I sort of. I mean, maybe we menage between Brad Pitt and Ray Liotta. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Brad Pitt and Jenkins, right? I mean, that would be very emotional for me. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we'd really get deep. It would be very. It would be a really deep time. I feel like Richard Jenkins would be a very tender lover. He's the best. I want to hug him, and he. So, okay. So now we can get to our ratings. I think we've gotten to the point. I think it's time. Yeah. So. I don't know if you've made it this far in our podcast. Usually, but we do our ratings of the movie and as a whole, one out of ten. Uh huh. Then uh-huh. we do. Brad Pitt's acting, one out of ten. And then we okay. do Brad Pitt's looks, one out of ten. 
Okay. And we highlight our favorite parts of the movie in this discussion. Okay. Okay. Um, let's start with his you. performance. Me. Okay, yeah. I'll do. I'll go first. Um, his performance. I'm gonna give him a seven. Do you want to explain yourself? You know what? I'm going to give him a six and a half because <laughs> I wasn't blown away. I don't think he did anything. I don't think he was really challenged by the role in any way. He didn't really bring anything extraordinary to the character. He looked good. He looked okay. cool doing the shooting. But like, I don't know. It just didn't, it, it wasn't, uh, I wasn't. I don't really think his character brought any deep dynamic thing to the to the movie as a whole. Um, so I just wasn't blown away. So six and a half. Mm. Okay. I'm aligned with you on that. I feel like I want to give him a six, a six solid. Okay. I feel like he was good, but I've seen, you know, it wasn't like outstanding by any means. It doesn't make okay. any more than a six. Adam. All right. I mean, I think that you guys might be thinking of what he did in this movie as being way easier than it is. And I think he makes it look really simple. Okay. Yeah. But what he's, what he's doing in this movie is, has a, is, is hard. And there's no such thing as playing yourself in a movie because it's such an unnatural environment. Sure. Uh, that to make it feel like it's spontaneous and actually happening is is hard no matter what the character is or how different the character is from you or if it's just you. So I feel like... Um, I'm changing my answer to 10, by the way. <laughs> no, no, so, no, 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 no. I, I, I just feel like his the character was deceptively... Uh, Simple. I think it was a, a, a complicated person who was trying to push a simple philosophy out into the world. Mm. Hmm. But I think he was actually very conflicted. Um, I think uh, I think that it looked effortless, but there's no way that it was. Um, I love this perspective. So I, We've got a real true actor's a, perspective. Yeah, I'd give him an eight or a nine on this. I think it was a okay. great, great performance. And I, I, I don't think there is, I don't think the four, I don't think there was anything he didn't achieve that was within the four corners of this character. Like, I don't think there's anything that, that, that he missed. I think he, he hit all the, the beats that were required. You yes. know, like, yeah. the, as written, this was the character and he, he uh, he did it. I think this is a really interesting perspective that we, we I'm don't realizing get. we don't get like any act. I don't think we've had any actors um, before. So no. As, oh, right, right, right. As an actor, um, especially someone who, uh, I mean, you were just on Big Little Lies, which was great, and like you've done all kinds of different roles. So as an actor who has also had a long career, when you watch. And you've seen most of Brad Pitt's movies, you said. So when you watch his trajectory as an actor, um, I I just I'm curious what stands out to you for someone like Brad Pitt, who is so public and he's 
so in the tabloids and in pop culture and ingrained in like American movie starness, like what what is that? What sort of things are are popping out to you because that your perspective is so unique to what we normally get? And I love it, by the way. Yeah, I think that. <laughs> I think that he. Uh, I think no, but that I mean, he... we never, we never ever hear. Like we just judge like whether or not we like it, basically. <laughs> right, <laughs> just right, like it sure. was good or no, it was bad. He... But we're never like, oh, he did what he needed to do, or we never see the nuance in his performance unless it's like obvious. Yeah, no, that's understandable. I think that, um, that, like you said, he's been a part of culture of American culture for uh, you know like twenty five years now, and so I think uh, he's. You know, at a certain point, he he decided to, uh, and I think actually from the very start, once it, he really started getting those opportunities, he's always had good taste. Like when Seven was a movie, when that movie came out, I remember going to see that opening weekend. There had never been a movie like that mm. out before, at least not since like the French Connection. But the French Connection, this was filmmaking that we hadn't seen before in a mainstream movie. And or any movie really, uh, and it wasn't on paper. Who knows what that movie looked like? It was going to be. So he's taken these these risks, used his um, his uh, you know position as a as a big star to to make uh, weird movies like Fight Club and Seven and. Uh, you know, he did 12 Monkeys early yeah. on, which I know is kind of like doesn't hold up quite as well as some of the others. But he's done weird things. He's done really mainstream things as well. But mm-hmm. he's always trying to do interesting stuff and pushing inter- interesting stuff. In, and in, might I add, culture. fun fact, which I forgot to mention, while this movie was coming out and while he was making it, he was also designing a furniture collection. And he's also <laughs> yeah. an architect on the side. So like there you go. the month that this movie came out, he launched an entire furniture campaign, which is like all very modern and actually very beautiful. I mean, and I'm sure very affordable. <laughs> he has like this yeah. pillow, uh, like a pillow chair couch thing that just you just want to sink right into it with him, you know? Um, <laughs> okay. Well, beautiful couches aside, I think that his his acting is. Uh, always interesting. He's always pushing himself into new nooks and crannies of, of. Uh, I mean, every he's like his characters are are usually uh, uh, different. Often you'll see him do something that you haven't seen him do before, which is why mm-hmm. I like the I'd new say every movie. Time. Yeah, the new movie I love, um, and and uh, Inglorious Bastards. Those are two of my favorite. Yeah. His performance. So I think as one of the big movie stars we have, he makes excellent use of, of it. Which is why we do this podcast. Genuinely, genuinely. We started it as like, this is a guy who's famous and it might be interesting to track, to track pop culture. And then as we got to actually watching his movies, he genuinely is doing interesting things. Yeah. He never does the same thing twice. He, he's not, he's not like, a John like he's not like a John Wick. He doesn't do series. He's like, it's just which is probably why his career was has been so long is that he takes risks, but they're smart risks. He takes mm-hmm. risks, 
And he never, he like, he's never been in more than one romantic comedy. He's done a few casino things because he's like with his buds. But he's not like, mm-hmm. he's not formulaic at all, which, which is why we're still here and loving him. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, Okay, so let's, uh, anyway, moving back to the ratings. Um, so we did Brad's performance. Let's do... Um, How he looks. I guess movie... Okay, look, looks. Um, Not my favorite look. I'll, okay, do you wanna, you, why don't you go first? I thought he was greasy. I didn't like his glasses. And by the way, in the real world, when he's giving interviews, not wild about it. Long hair. At this time. Yellow gl- yellow lenses, black frames. Like in this period, he in was this, wearing that. In like this Brad Pitt period. Okay. So just to put context to it, he's about to marry Angelina. They already have six kids. They haven't been married because they don't believe that they should be married until gay people can get married. Right. So I'm just not into it across the board. I'm okay. going to give him a four oh, for boy. styling across. Yeah, I mean, listen, right. he's Brad Pitt. He can do better and should do better. Yeah. All right, Adam, what's your uh Fuckability. I thought he looked cool. I thought he looked cool. Um, yeah. Uh, and I, I also, I thought, loved the sound design in the Richard Jenkins I did love the sound scenes, design, cause you, too. Because you could hear the leather in his jacket mm. whenever he moved. They really did that leather crinkle against the the, the leather seats really kind of squeaked around which was cool um i uh i would give him uh his look i would give it a, a an eight i thought it was cool oh wow okay and what was okay. your, your score was an eight for for his you know for acting i would give it a i would give it a i said an eight or a nine i would give it a nine how about that just to make it different oh, than shit. the look score okay okay uh this looks wise so i think i'm gonna go with a yeah. Yeah. Michael, yeah. The things wise. that the, the deficiencies of the movie are, are aside from his uh, performance. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, that's fine. Um, I was just going to say his looks are probably a six. No way. Yeah. I don't think he looks bad. I think he looks, I think he makes being a greasy mobster look good. Disagree. <laughs> I think he's just physically very attractive. We can all agree he's physically very attractive. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, and and I think, but like this he'll is always be physically very attractive, no matter what role. Which he is plays. why I yes. will never rate him below like a like a five. I don't know if I've ever rated him below a five, but it, he looks yeah. good all the time. Six is he looks good because I don't know. I, I like the. I think I agree with the leather thing. I think that he looks good in leather. He looks uh, good with well. like. <laughs> I like those those uh, glasses. <laughs> I actually like the glasses. No. Yeah, it's true. It's so funny. Okay. Like every time I watch a Brad Pitt movie with my boyfriend, I'm always like, "Wow, he's so good looking," and Andrew's like, "Yeah, Chelsea, he's literally what people think attractive. <laughs> he's literally the litmus for attractiveness yeah. across the board. Like, yeah. uh, you think you're so special because you find Brad Pitt attractive. <laughs> yeah, everyone <laughs> like, in the world is actually the picture of attractiveness. Anyway, movie movie overall. Um, Adam, why don't you start with that one? Movie overall. Um, you know, I admire it more than I enjoy it. Um, I would give it a, give it a seven. Wow. Okay. I feel like that's high. 
Yeah. No, I think yeah. that's fair. I think that's what, about. I, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. But what's yeah. your average movie rating? Would you say? Ah, uh, God, I don't know. I. Yeah, it just depends. I, I think this movie wor- works. I, I don't think this movie is missing the target <laughs> of what it was trying to achieve. I like that's Chelsea. What I, okay, that's fair. That's what I mean. That's fair. Chelsea, I like how you just asked him, like, think of all the movies you've ever seen, mm-hmm. and if you had uh-huh. to average that out, what would yeah. that number be? Yeah, I mean it, though, because I feel like I am not a particular, like, movie buff, and I know that you are a movie buff, so... I'm like trying to think. I also always lean towards the negative over the positive. Yeah, me too. Also, but I, I, I just don't think. I think this movie is is what it exactly what it wants to be. And from when so it was to, to be. Yeah. So to judge it outside of that of what I wanted it to be is is a completely different thing. And and so I think that this movie achieves what it wants to achieve. I will and also, I think, oh, sorry, yeah. finish. No, 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 go ahead. Um, I was just going to say that I, once you've made a movie, um, seeing even a bad movie, I can appreciate more of it yeah. because like getting a movie made, any movie, big, small, whatever, like actually finishing it and getting people to watch it is an incredible feat. <laughs> it's like even yeah. the worst movie you've seen, it's like, you know what? I'm watching it. So you finished it and you, I, you got a stranger to watch it. So it's a bad movie, but congrats on finishing it and having a coherent yeah. story. So there is a, a little bit of leniency sometimes that I feel like we give movies, especially with Brad Pitt, because it's just like you did do it. I mean, you did it. So there is yeah. that aspect, too. Yeah. Um, and I think I think it's a Six and a half for me. Because, wow, um, okay. It's, I mean, granted, six and a half is a D minus. It's not a good grade. Um, <laughs> but it's it's not it's not too terrible. It's not like, I didn't hate, hate it. I just didn't, I wasn't obsessed with it. But I like the, I guess I did like the bleakness. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, okay, I did like the bleakness. I did like the scenes with Gandolfini. And like, I, I liked parts of it. So 6.5. Yeah, see, I have to separate this conversation from my actual experience of watching it because now that we've talked about it, I'm, like, seeing it through a very specific, well-thought-out lens. But my experience of watching it was very negative. I was just like, ah, I'm confused. I don't know what I... (laughs) Like, where where am I supposed to feel? What do I want to do? So I have to stick with my gut reaction, which was, like... This movie doesn't know what it wants to be. And I know that I'm watching it out of time. Like, I know that if I had seen it when it came out, I probably would have liked it a whole lot more and had a lot more patience. Also, just like the sheer amount of content, like to what you were saying about what it takes to make a movie and what it takes to get it seen. is like, I feel like I'm inundated with content right now that my attention span is way shorter than it normally would be. That has nothing to do with the movie itself, but like my take on movies. But good observation. Right. No, it's true. It's like, I'm like, these scenes are yeah. so long. Like, I don't yeah, want to totally. watch these two people. Then I have to remind myself, like, hey, someone wrote this and it's probably really great. And like, chill and relax. But either way, I think right. that this movie for me is like a 4.9 to 
to a all, like it was like teetering to a between a four point nine <laughs> and a five. Because there was some great. I really did like James Gandolfini a lot. I thought he was great. The minute he came on screen, I was like, oh. And this is one of his last movies before he passes away. It was. He did two more after this. Anyway, it wasn't oh, my favorite, but that's a bummer. We made it. We finished. We made it, and that's and that is killing them softly. So that is killing them softly. What's the next one? What's the next one you guys are doing? Well, Once Upon a Time in the West, baby. No, Once Upon a Time oh, in Hollywood. That... Hollywood. That's. Oh, so it's, that's the next movie no, you're, you're going to do the on the show? Yeah, that's the next movie we're doing on the show. Chronologically, I think the next movie is um, the one that he did with Angelina Jolie. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, By the Sea, right. By, By the, the sea. sea. I think that's after this, um, which I'm not really looking forward to. But It but is hard. I, I think it's a hard one. The bad, <laughs> the bad movies that he does, I think, also tell a lot about him as a person and his career choices and his his mindset and stuff like that. So I think they do have some interesting things about them, just even if they are a slog to get through. Yeah. I think Angelina Um, Jolie directed by the sea, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, she did. Yeah. It's really good looking. If I recall, I don't remember what it's about. We'll see. Anyway. All right. Well, thank you, Adam, for coming and talking with us. It was a, a lovely conversation. Thanks for having me, you guys. Sorry it Any took so time. long to get it together. <laughs> That's fine. Um, but I'm I'm so happy uh, so happy we did. We have um, tens of listeners. So if there's anything you would like to promote to them, my mom my mom would love is. to hear from you. She's our only listener. <laughs> <laughs> no, she no. We have a we have a, a solid following. Well, yeah, I'm just kidding. Um. um well, thank you, uh, thank you for having me, and uh, and uh, I can't wait to hear. Uh... Really, oh, you can't hear me. I can hear you. Oh, um, I can't wait to hear your uh, "Once Upon a Time in uh, in Hollywood" episode. I can't wait to hear what you think of it. Oh, I'm so excited! Thank you so so much for for spending for taking the time to talk to us. I know you're yeah, a busy totally. Man. Much appreciated. Thanks, you guys. Oh, Michael's gone. Bye. Yeah, Michael's Michael's gone.